Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Junkies. <clears throat> I am reviewing Air, the movie directed by Ben Affleck, uh, starring Ben Affleck, starring Matt Damon, uh, Viola Davis, Chris Tucker, uh, Jason Bateman. This obviously is a sport, a, a sort of biographical sports film or a, or a corporate, a corporate origin story film. And there's quite a few of these, but there's sort of McDonald's. Um, if you could argue the social network was about Facebook, you could argue that Steve Jobs was about Apple. Um, you know, there's sort of quite a few Ford v Ferrari, kind of about the genesis of Ford v Ferrari. House of Gucci, less about the origins of Gucci, but you know what I mean. It's, it's one of those films about the origins of a major, emblematic, once just American, but now utterly global, multi-billion dollar pound conglomerate. More specifically, this is also about a particular shoe, the Air Jordan, as personified or inspired and created around the basketball player Michael Jordan. Now, this is a film that reunites Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Everyone very excited about that. And we saw the trailer. I watched the trailer and I have to confess, I was astonishingly underwhelmed by the trailer. I found it undramatic. I found it a little bit kind of cringe. I thought the wigs just looked awful. Ben Affleck looked like a sort of uh, renter Pontius Pilate, like he'd walked out of a Roman drama. Jason Bateman's hair didn't look real. I don't know, there was something about it. But of course, once you watch the film, and as this film starts, it kicks off with a kind of archival montage of all of the things from the 80s, from Princess Diana to Rubik's Cubes to all the games that we play, TV shows, all that kind of stuff. Um, and actually... No, this is what it looked like. You know, I always remember thinking in the 80s, when will the 80s and how can the 80s ever become retro, hip and cool? And I think this film proves that they can't. And yet, obviously, there's a huge sort of nostalgia to everything from them, because, of course, my generation, we, we all kind of came through it. And of course, you know, Run DMC's in there, all that kind of the music. The soundtrack to this film is sensational. I mean, it really does take us back on a journey through the, you know, music of the 80s, from Shaka Khan to, uh, to even the Zap band with Computer Love in there. So what is this about? This is about the moment Nike uh, was, back in 84, a, the third largest or the third least. You had Adidas or Adidas at the top and Converse interestingly were next and then right at the bottom was Nike uh, with the lowest percentage share of the sneaker shoe or sports shoe market and really this is the story a rags to riches story though they were already rich Nike uh, but a rags to riches corporate story of how Nike managed to secure uh, the biggest name or the potentially biggest name forthcoming uh, in basketball Michael Jordan. And really, it's a film that pivots around Matt Damon. Matt Damon is the main guy. He's called Sonny. He was the one who, and in a sense, right at the beginning of this, it sort of establishes Sonny as a gambler. But he's a gambler whose luck runs his way. You know, he goes to a sort of casino. He wins. He places lots of quite sophisticated bets. He wins money. Doesn't win them all. But he's clearly established as someone who takes risks. And the lion's share of those risks kind of run his way. It is a bit of a sort of two-hander. Well, no, it's a three-hander, really, between him, uh, Ben Affleck and Jason Bateman. They're the three main ones. But Chris Tucker is sensational. The first scene 
uh, with Chris Tucker actually was a really good move because I came into this with all these prejudices that it was going to be naff, it was going to be 80s, it was going to be awful, it was going to be very sort of toy town and very sort of straightforward and predictable. And then the first scene was really nice. I don't know whether it was kind of ad-libbed or whether it was improvised, but Chris Tucker was brilliant. It was very fast, it was very whip smart. Uh, Matt Damon is great. And the thing I was reminded of at the beginning of this film, Matt Damon is always an incredibly safe pair of hands. I went into Ford v Ferrari not expecting much from it and both him and obviously Christian Bale, they were because they were such a safe pair of hands, you felt quite comfortable in their presence moving along with the film. And I would argue that Matt Damon manages to accomplish the same thing in this. One thing I would say that was totally unconvincing was his clearly artificially strapped to him, uh, you know, beer belly. They could have done a little bit more in, in costume and makeup and what have you there to make it a little bit more believable. But anyway, Ben Affleck is the CEO of Nike. And what I think was clever is you've got Matt Damon, sort of, you know, punchy, spiky, you know, he's a hustler, he's a gambler. He's the one who wants to get Michael Jordan. He's the one who's played the VHS cassettes and rewound them and all that kind of stuff and gone, yeah, no, there's something about the way they used him on the playing, on, on the basketball pitch uh, that means that actually they know something about, you know, it was all kind of clever. It was all that sort of stuff. Ben Affleck, which I think was really good because I have issues with Ben Affleck. He throws himself under the under the bus, really. He's willing to take the piss out of himself. And actually, I think Ben Affleck is really good in this. He's this sort of slightly stupid, um, he's, he's very self-effacing in his performance. He he likes, he wants to be the kind of top dog and the, the slick CEO of the company. He, he sort of trots out these Buddhist kind of sayings and aphorisms and kind of ideas, which are, which are patently ridiculous and stupid and don't mean anything. And so he sends himself up, which I think is the best thing to do for Ben Affleck, because I warmed to him. I'll tell you one thing I did notice, though, he's incredibly scary skinny legs Ben Affleck's got. So there's him. Then there's Jason Bateman, who's also the head of marketing. Jason Bateman, I mean, how how cool can this guy be? He just has to walk around, look at someone, raise his eyebrows, and I'm I'm in, hook, line, and sinker. So what I'm trying to say is this is a film that is 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 the heavy lifting, unsurprisingly, is given is done by these three powerhouse actors, uh, with Chris Tucker providing brilliant sort of comic relief and support. And then at the other end, Viola Davis playing Michael Jordan's mother, which I thought was a fabulous touch. She's incredibly powerful. She's sort of simmering her maternal instinct, but she's also a steely businesswoman. And so essentially it becomes a blow-by-blow -blow account of how uh, Nike, courtesy of Damon uh, and Bateman, and Affleck's kind of hapless kind of support, he kind of doesn't really know if he believes in it, but he says okay eventually, uh, how they managed to secure Michael Jordan. Now, one of the strange issues with this film all the way through is there's lots of archival footage of Michael Jordan playing basketball and what have you, but it elects not to have anyone play Michael Jordan in the film. And I can't, I want to know what you think, I can't still now, even having just seen it about two hours ago, work out whether that's a bold and successful move or a really bad move. I mean, because you get these scenes where Viola Davis and, and Michael Jordan's father get out of cars as they go in to be wooed by all the major kind of, you know, sports brands. And then you always have sort of Michael Jordan sort of presented from behind, walking down corridors, not really saying very much. I'm not too sure if I bought into the idea that Michael Jordan's parents were the hard-nosed business bods behind him. I'm, I'm sure they must have been. But my hunch was that I think Viola Davis or Michael Jordan's mum's role was kind of amplified and lifted a bit more to give this film some kind of female perspective. Because at the end of the day, it's a very male film about a very male sport. It's very American. I mean, you know, I think if you have an understanding or a passion for basketball, that would massively help. And let's face it, basketball, a little bit like baseball, is very much an American-centric, Americocentric 
uh, sport. So it's quite a tough ask, actually, for us Brits to kind of engage with it. You know, it's one of those films that's littered with some interesting facts, right down to the strapline of Nike, just do it, was by all accounts the final the final words of someone on death row before they were um, executed. You know, have you got any final last words? And, he, and they said, just do it, apparently. Adidas, there's quite a nice riff. I don't know if this is true. All day I dream about sex. And also uh, a suggestion of the Nazi origins of the founder of Adidas. I didn't know that, and that was quite shocking too. So, you know, it's littered with little facts and, and sort of statistics, and you're like, oh, wow, okay, you know, it's like almost a Wikipedia of interesting little details about some of the most successful brands in the world. Interestingly, though, it kind of circumnavigated the whole race politics thing. I mean, it's kind of there insofar as Michael Jordan is a black sportsman. But, you know, back in the 80s, I'm sure there would have been a bit more politics to that and I wondered whether Nike who perhaps would have had to have allowed this film to be made in some way um, didn't want to go there I mean I'd have thought there would have been racism of, of some form within the organizations let's 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 face it you know these are all these are corporations run by white men who are essentially taking advantage of young black uh, sports people who've come from often not always but often deprived backgrounds um, and then these corporations essentially squeeze them and rinse them for money Obviously, the story with Michael Jordan is very different, and this film goes to great lengths to demonstrate how, again, quite favourably representing Nike. I wonder if Nike, Nike sort of ins insisted on this detail. You know, Michael Jordan being the first athlete to be able to ask for a percentage of the royalties of any of the Air Jordan shoes sold. Um, interesting fact at the end, Michael Jordan earns $400 million, $400 million a year passively through the sale of Air Jordan. If I had anything sort of quibbles with this film, it was that I still can't work out whether Michael Jordan not being scene in it was right it kind of felt a little bit like those music biopics where you do a biopic of or you know or a, a portrait of the story of a band but you're not allowed to use the music of the band it kind of renders the project a bit null and void and I couldn't work out if that was the case with this it, it seemed odd it felt like Michael Jordan said no you can't include me as a character in it but you can include the back of my head even though it's an actor. Anyway, found that strange um, it also felt like it circumnavigated the whole race issue it didn't tackle the idea of, regardless of whether Nike was the sort of, you know, the small fish in a big pond and the underdog and was the David to the Goliath of Adidas and Converse, it didn't tackle the fact that all of those companies were essentially run by white, privileged men. There's no female aspect to it other than Viola Davis, and as I say, I do wonder whether she was kind of, her part in the whole story was amplified in order to get that. Viola Davis is brilliant in it, by the way. I think the big headline on this is everyone in it is very good. There's talk about it being possibly up for the award season, you know, being considered for the Academy Awards and everything in 2024. I'm not entirely sure it reaches to that to that level. It kind of reminded me in style of The Big Short. I didn't feel it was particularly, you know, inventively shot. You know, it lent very much on its period detail and archival footage and what have you. But that said, what I would say is at the centre of this, there are some really powerful, um, safe-handed performance. This is anchored by some really safe pairs of hands. And I don't necessarily think Ben Affleck is a safe pair of hands, but because he was so willing to sort of essentially take the piss out of his own character, even he was reliable within within the film. Uh, I think a particular shout out has to go out to Matthew Maher. Matthew Maher. He's the guy who was in that Funny Pages. He's, he's often in kind of indie films, but he played the designer of the shoe. Allegedly, did he came up with the with the name Air Jordan? He also designed the silhouette of Michael Jordan, kind of bag, bagging bagging the net or netting the ball or whatever it is. A couple of moments, I thought uh, Matt Damon's speech to Michael Jordan in the kind of in the boardroom when when he kind of potentially secured him was a bit naff. 
I found it a bit cringe. I'm not entirely sure whether that was uh, how it how it played out or, or how it went down. Um, and you know, and I just kept having this nagging tug towards, hang on, this is a story. Why are we getting sentimental about an organisation that makes forty-seven billion dollars every year? Um, it can look after itself. But I suppose what this is about is that strange thing that we have, which is nostalgia for brands that we we love. You know, I'm guessing there may well be a movie of the, the origins of Coca-Cola or something like that. This is a household brand and it's brought to life. That said, as I say, well acted. Not entirely sure it was brilliantly scripted. It's certainly not brilliantly shot. Soundtrack is good, well curated. For a fact, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to after seeing the trailer. Mm -hmm.